By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in And I'll watch them roll away I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. Hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of What's in Your Wheelhouse in Muskoka Magazine. We are here chatting with local distinctive artisans and learning more about their crafts, hobbies, and passions. There is a lot of talent here in Muskoka, and we are here to share many of those stories behind that talent. My name is Bart, and I'm here with my co-captains, JP and Heather. Say hi, guys. Hi. Well, how's everyone's week going? It's excellent. Ready for the snowstorm? Yes. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to remind everyone, this broadcast is coming to you from the Bay Satellite Studio at the amazing Sada City Brewery here in Gravenhurst. And our first guest today, the only guest actually, <laughs> is Julia Tilson. Hello. <laughs> Say hi, Julia. Hi, how are you, Bart? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. So you are a young Muskokan author of several short stories, as well as Coincident, which is your first published novel. Yes, I, it is. So right out of the dock, I want to ask you, what is your, what's in your wheelhouse? So I always wanted to be an author as far back as I can remember. You know, you can talk to any of my school teachers at Beach Grove and they're like, oh, yeah, this girl was meant to be an author. I've lived here in Muskoka my whole life. So it's I'm very proud to be a Muskoka author. And I've just always wanted to be published. And so as I got older, I had all these manuscripts sort of tucked around my room. And I'm like, okay, what do I do with them? So I started, you know, typing them up, editing them. And then I thought, how do I get noticed in the publishing world? So I did a lot of research. And one outlet I found was Chicken Soup for the Soul. So I reached out to them. I looked at their page. And right away, I found a topic that interests me. They said, write about, you know, teenage experiences. I wrote about my high school crush. Next thing you know, they're like, we want to publish this story. (laughs) Did you ever find out about it? Yes, they they published it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean the crush. Oh, did I find out about the crush? Did the crush find out about your writing of about him? Oh, yes, he did. So before I had the chance to tell him, all of his friends that he still was in touch with from high school were like, did you know Julia wrote a story about you and it's published now and everyone knows? And so it was pretty obvious in high school that I had a crush on him. So there was nothing I was hiding at that point when the story came out. But yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, sorry, Jacob, everyone's telling you that I have published our untold love story that never happened. <laughs> now you, you say when when you were younger, you're not very old at all. You're actually a very young author. Yes, thank you. I am 26. Excellent, excellent. Good for you. Thank a- you. And have you been writing um, since you were young? As far back as I can remember, I was always telling stories. There's videos of me at about three years old making up a story in a pool about just the toy elephant I was playing with. And then as far as writing them down went, I did a lot of journaling back in school days. I remember, you know, my second grade teacher, Mrs. Gammon, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. McClellan, they assigned a lot of journal writing 
projects. So every week, I think I wrote a new short story. So yes, I've always been a writer. Oh, that's amazing. Um, do you have any um, literary inspirations? Like in terms of authors I read? Yes. I always liked Cornelia Funke, the way that she wrote. She's a German author, but her books are translated into English. And what inspired me about her books was that they were about being a writer, being a reader. Her stories were about characters who could read aloud from other books, and the characters could come out of the books. So she just was very vivid in her storytelling, mm -hmm. and that really inspired me. I remember one of my stories, she had a map, in the back of her book and when I was telling my own story and just making it up for the first time, I actually used the map she had in the book oh, just really? to visualize it because it was so vivid. Oh, wow. Um, so what kind of writer would, would you be? Um, I've dabbled mostly in fantasy. I do a bit of regular fiction. For instance, I've written one about isolation. Uh, that one's not yet published, but it's something that could happen, whereas a lot of my other writing is fantasy, both a mix of high fantasy, which takes place in an, an entirely new world, or low fantasy, such as coincident, which takes place in the normal world, but with people who have magical powers. You know, they're not navigating Middle Earth like in Lord of the Rings. They're just, you know, in somewhere the equivalent of Gravenhurst going, okay, what do I do? I have magical powers and I still need to go grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, isolation have anything to do with the last two, three years? Of the writing, it definitely gave me the space to finish the book. I think I started it in 2019 finished it, you know, a year later, I say to people all the time, I'm like, if you didn't use your like lockdowns to write a story after all these, this time when you might have had ideas floating around your head, then what were you doing during lockdown? Like it was the perfect time <laughs> to just sit and work on a manuscript, type it up, edit it and yeah, and publish it if that was your choice. What about your journey? You've, you've had a, quite a bit of a, a personal journey though. Um, that's above and beyond your writing. Yeah, so I've been dealing since I was 10 years old with the effects of brain bleeds. So I actually had my first one as a child. In my brain, I have something called a malformation, which means that the blood vessels grew into each other in a small area and caused a bleed when I was 10. So that actually set me back as a writer when I was a kid because it set me back as a reader. I couldn't focus on books, you know, to do a simple novel study. It took me several months. It, means I, it meant I had to read every chapter of the book about three times. So in terms of being a writer, it really, you know, drew me away from wanting to write because I just couldn't focus. So writing really came back to me slowly, but it was still something like in my soul I wanted to do. So luckily now I'm, I'm in a better health position and have a lot more confidence from that. So here I am finally telling the stories that have been brewing in my brain for as long as I can remember. And, and you've done some fundraising too. There's been um, some of that happening around your um, struggles. Yes. Uh, health struggles. It started with my sister when I was in the hospital. She became, you know, a fundraiser for the hospital. She would knit headbands and scarves and sell them. She's raised probably three or four thousand dollars for the hospital, you know, since 20 or 2006. And I've taken over a bit with that, too. I tell my story on Radiothon Day. Actually, in my book, I gave the last name of my character after my doctor in ER at the hospital just because he saved my life. I wanted to thank him somehow. 
And actually, when I had my second bleed, he was the same ER doctor on call that night. And it was one of those coincidences that made me just realize the severity of what was happening. I'm like, it wouldn't be you again if it wasn't this illness again. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it would be an honor to be named in, as a character in one of your books, right? Does he know yes. about it? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Dr. Shearing knows about it, but... Maybe now he'll find out. Hopefully, yeah. I've been sort of spreading the word that I've named it after. We'll send him a link to this uh, podcast. Yes. <laughs> and um, I understand you also have a connection to the shipyards. I do. Shipyards is where I first learned how to salsa dance. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is before our times, JP. Yes, I know. It, it is, yeah. Dave T- and Tim era. That's right. So I was always interested in dance. Mostly slow dancing is actually where I started. It was just, I was about 12 years old and had my first slow dance. And I'm like, I want to continue with partner dancing in some way. So it wasn't until 2019 when I found an outlet for that. There was Sunset Salsa down at shipyards and I was immediately drawn to it and I've been a Latin dancer ever since. Oh, that's amazing. Now, do you teach Latin dance? I fill in occasionally for my teachers. Actually, during the winter carnival, I led a little Latin dance demonstration at the warming station with a couple people and I was teaching a lot of kids how to dance. There was new people who came from the city and they were interested in Latin dance. So I'm just like, okay, let me show you some of this Brazilian salsa that I've been learning lately. Um, That was at the Winter Carnival this weekend that just passed? It was, yes. And the warming station was down at the wharf, was it not? No, it was at the Opera House. Oh, it was at the Opera House, okay. Yeah. That's where all the people were uptown. Where it was warm enough to dance. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I like to wear my party dresses when I dance. I have danced in a snowsuit before. I won't say that I haven't. But when it's, you're doing a Latin dance demonstration, you know, you want the warmth. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We've been talking to Julia Tilson, uh, a Muskokan author. I'm Bart, and you're listening to What's in Your Wheelhouse on Muskoka Magazine. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships and I watch them roll away again I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time Welcome back to What's in Your Wheelhouse. I'm Bart with uh, Heather and JP here. And our guest today is Julia Tilson, who's a local Muskokan author. So, Julia, tell us about the book that we presently have at the shipyards. Yes, thanks, Heather. So, my book is called Coincident. Not coincidence. A lot of people think it's coincidence. But coincident means to be at the same time and at the same place as something else. For instance, my character travels by starlight. She is coincident to it. It also can mean to be in harmony, such as having coincidences line up around you. So it is a self-published book that I distribute at Shipyards, and I designed everything myself. I had an editor help me, you know, make sure it was readable, and then I designed the cover and put it all together on online software, printed it off, and now I'm selling it myself. Excellent, excellent. And Thank in you. a nutshell, what would the what 
is the book about? It's about a character who develops supernatural abilities in our world, but she develops the powers just by believing in herself. There's no you know, big wizard who teaches her what to do. So she can fly and, as I said, travel by starlight. And her brother also has special powers and he's been kidnapped because of them. So she's on a rescue mission to find him. Um, and the it has a great ending, of course. <laughs> it does, yes. I'm very satisfied with the ending. It took, um, how long to write the book? It took me just under a year to write the first draft. It's about 30,000 words, which is about 100 pages printed. Right, right. And um, are anything based on life experiences? Oh, all of it in some <laughs> form. You know, as a writer, you want to reflect your own experiences because that makes it more believable. So I write about, because I've had a lot of coincidences around me, so I just use that to empower the novel. I write about siblings because I have a close relationship with my sister. I write about friendship because I have a good relationship with my best friend. I also write about, you know, reaching out to old friends, which is a theme both in my Chicken Soup book and in my real life. So if you're not writing a metaphor for your own life, then maybe you need to stop and like reevaluate what you're writing because you might not know what you're talking about. You know, base it on yourself somehow because then it'll be believable. It'll be personal, that. right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 Thank like, you. Write, write what you know. Exactly. Yeah. Will you be giving flying lessons at the wharf this summer? I mean, I think I need insurance for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know just dancing down there, we need to make sure we're covered for insurance. So okay, I, we'll I, start with the dancing then. <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure they hand out permits for flying lessons. <laughs> so um, as a writer, so you're, you're self-published. So what does that exactly mean? Self-published means that I went my own way. I'm not endorsed by a publishing house. What I found with traditional publishing was they were very selective of what they would print. They print only what's popular right now, which isn't always you know, the type of fantasy I'm writing. So I have to reach out to readers myself. I have to do my own self-promotion, but it's great because I actually really enjoy the self-promotion. And it also, the self-publishing means that I had to design the book myself from chapter layout to, you know, the headers, the images, the cover. The cover is beautiful. Thank you. Yes. I took it down in Bracebridge, uh, down by the river, and then I just digitized it. So I'm glad to incorporate some elements of Muskoka into the book. That's amazing. So you had your hand from front page to the last exactly and everything. <laughs> exactly it's just like the book breathes me like it's it's 100 percent me it's exactly how i wanted it to turn out and i'm very pleased with that are you working on another i'm working on a couple yeah so i'm i'm a writer it's in my blood you know one um type of writing i really enjoy are the six word stories have you ever read those no. No, do tell us. So about the most that. famous one was For Sale Baby Shoes Never Worn. And it's just six words that invoke an emotion. So quite often I'm texting myself six word stories. That's sort of my outlet at the moment. But I'm also working on two other manuscripts. One is about 25,000 words. I'm trying to bulk it up a bit. And that's one sort of about isolation and internal conflict. The other one I'm working on is over 60,000 words. And it's a high fantasy set in a somewhat medieval world. So I've been working on that one since I was about... 13 so it's a lot of editing to get done to put it all together but I really enjoy it well, the process really takes that long 
Well, writers often are ashamed or embarrassed to have their work out. And we doubt ourselves a lot, writers. We're like, oh, this isn't going to be good enough. And we end up unraveling the story a bit. <laughs> you know, I must say the chicken soup story was one of the best things for me because I didn't think twice about it. I just wrote like 12 paragraphs and hit send because it was a short window. So I couldn't fuss over the story. I just sent it in. Whereas when you've got 60,000 words, there's a lot that you want to make sure is correct. And right. it is based on reality. <laughs> Always. It's something that happened to you, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but when you write uh, something like a fantasy, um, it's it's kind of hard to uh, like develop the plot and stories, uh, making sure that your audience will be engaged in the what, story that you're trying to tell. What I like about fantasy is that even though it's something that doesn't happen, you still root it in reality somehow. Even if you're writing high fantasy in a whole other world, you write characters who are believable in this world. You know, you've got characters who have flaws, who maybe have doubts, who maybe get into trouble. And then even though it's a crazy, magical other world, it still feels real because you're writing about real people and how they would navigate the magic. Exactly. Like the character has to speak to you and that you ha you can relate to them. Exactly. And that can be in any genre, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, romance, you need those characters to feel real. That's my favorite part of writing is writing my characters. What would you say to someone who's sitting here listening to you thinking, I've always thought about writing? So with any type of art, whether it's writing, painting, drawing, dancing, whatever it is, your first step is to write or tell your story the way it means the most to you. I have, you know, drawers full of old journals of my stories, the original ways I wanted to tell them, because those resonate with my soul. But then when I started to mark, wanted to market them, I had to edit them, but I still have those original drafts. And I'm like, okay, this is the original, but what would someone actually want to read? So I took it all apart, some of the stories, and recrafted them and went, okay, now this is a better version, but I still feel true to myself because I have those original versions. Have you ever thought of uh, combining all your short stories into a, into a book? Possibly, but those would end up being a memoir. Most of my short stories are the true stories. So it would just be random like s pictures of my life that might not have all the harmony to go together. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So where could we find your book? You can find my book very proudly displayed at the shipyard. Of course. Where we have such beautiful new bookshelves that I was part one of the f initial authors to reach out and say, hey, can we you know, have our books on display here. So I was very excited when Heather emailed me back and said, you know, just hold tight, but we are working on this. <laughs> so you can get coincident there. And I'm actually planning on doing a sale in March so you can um, pick it up at a discounted rate to celebrate the one year anniversary of its publication. One year already. I know. Wow. I can't believe it. I remember when I hit submit on the software, I didn't think they would actually make it available for distribution that day. I thought, okay, someone has to approve it. But 24 hours later, they sent me a message saying, okay, it's live in the store. And I was just like, what have I done? <laughs> I actually just published a book. They must have loved it. I think so. Well, they don't have too much say. They just go, oh, okay, this, not, all the margins are okay. <laughs> go for it. So that sale is for the month of March then? Sure. Yeah. At, the, at the shipyard. At the shipyard, yes. And you'll come down and do a Meet the Author Day? Yes, I plan to do a Meet the Author Day, so come on down and you can talk to me, talk about being a writer, talk about the book, and I will be autographing any books that are sold that day. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Julia. Thank you thank so much you. for having me. Yeah, thank you, Julia.
for sharing your passion with us today. You can pick up a copy of her novel at the shipyard, like we just said, which is located at the Gravenhurst Worth. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to our show. Join us next time for another episode of What's in Your Wheelhouse on Muskoka Magazine. If you miss us, you can listen to a recording of our podcast by going online on muskokaradio.com. We are Muskoka on the Bay, CKAR 88.7 on your FM dial. Watching ships roll in And I watch them roll away again I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time oh.